0: The final furlong podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only. Terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy.
1: And it's great to have your company. Thank you for joining us as we look back on the weekend's action. Plenty of Cheltenham Festival Clues once again, as we record on a Monday.
0: Did I get that right, Barry? You did, first time in uh, three weeks you've got it right. It is Monday, I can confirm, so play on there. If this is your first time listening
1: to the show and you're going, wait a second, the presenter's got the name of the day wrong for the last two weeks, and I'm supposed to take him seriously, <laughs> then welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. This is how we roll. Um, that is Barry Cole, one of the best traders in the business from BetDAC. And Barry will be giving us his analysis throughout the day, as he always does. And we are joined by former Cheltenham festival-winning jockey and top-class pundit Paddy Aspel. Welcome back to the show, Paddy. Thanks, boys. Good morning. How are we doing? In good form, my friend. And we've got a lot of content to get through. We'll begin with John Bon, who... Completed his unbeaten record over fences in the Kingmaker Novices Chase, which has been won by three horses who would go on to win the Arkle Flagship Uberales back in 1999, uh, Voipur Estedes, and last year, Edward Stone. Um, this was his second run at Warwick, but it wasn't exactly plain sailing. Uh, Barry, he's a very short price favorite, and for a few moments there, it looked like it was going to be pretty hairy. What was the reaction afterwards? He's been pushed out. What's his current price now for the Arkle with BetDak?
0: Well, he was around about a five to four shot before uh, winning that race. He's, you can now back him at 13 to eight. He did touch two to one in the immediate aftermath of the race. I think people took a strong opinion, but that two to one is now gone. He's a general seven to four chance across the board. We are just edging on the side of caution. He's 13 to eight with Dutch. El Fabiolo has overtaken him at the head of the market. He's now uh, five to four. That's almost the best out there, and you can have sevens. Dysart Dynamo 10s appreciated and uh, the weekend's non runner Haddock Stazobo. Uh, he's available to back with us at 20s. That's about the best out there. I believe he had a, a bruised foot. But uh, yeah, that's how the markets reacted now. He's no longer a favorite, John Bond. Uh, he's been favored all over the winter. But as we get closer to the race, he's drifted out to 13 to 8 now. Isn't
1: this is a similar story to last year. He was favored for the Supreme Novices hurdle pretty much the whole way through until we got to the end of January when the news came out that actually Constitution Hill is not going to go for the Ballymore. The owner has backed him for the Supreme. Um, so he wintered as a short price favourite for the Supreme and got doffed. He's wintered as a short price favourite for the Arkle. But is he now in jeopardy of coming up short at Cheltenham again, uh, or are you keeping the faith with him? Paddy, what did you make of his performance? Quickest ground he's tackled, and it was a match race. What did you make of his performance on Saturday?
2: I suppose... The connection summed it up. He just looked a little bit rusty, didn't he? And, um, but I thought his technique was as good as it has been so far. Obviously, it was the quickest ground he's tackled, but just a f- fantastic ride by Harry Skelton on, on Calico, you know, who's a very capable horse on his day. Obviously, he had a fair bit to do on the book here, but interesting listen to Aiden Coleman's interview after he wrote a winner at Navin yesterday, and, you know, he said, Harry Skelton said to him, look, I am going to really put it up to you at some point, but he he wasn't really sure at what point during the race the other day. He wasn't just going to obviously take part and, and take home the the runner-up money, but it was a good spectacle. And the thing about John Bond, lads, is in three starts, I know he's, he's only beaten seven horses in his, his novice chases, but he's been to Warwick twice and he's been to Sandown. So he's gone both ways. And that's three proper jumping tests. That's a lot more maybe than a lot of other potential Arkle horses have have done in the in the past before the festival. And, you know, this race has got a little bit of previous, hasn't it, for, for Arca winners. So, I don't know, I wasn't that deflated. I mean, look, he looked under pressure turning in, but Aidan Coleman never took his hands off the reins. It was a very quick time, you know, for a match race. And... When these horses are sent off at these sort of odds, I always say it, lads. No matter what they do, they can jump over these fences backwards. We're going to criticise them for the slightest little thing, or what a 16 shot. But he's still unbeaten, and for me, he's a horse who's picking up vital experience along the way. And but his biggest asset is his jumping. It's not being tested yet. He was a little bit out to his. He was going. He's going. Was he going left or right? I'm trying to remember. A little bit right. Um, he was a little bit right. Too. Yeah. A little bit right, um, but you know, chances are he's going to come up against this sort of ground at Cheltenham. So at least we, he, he's, he's been on it, and he's not done anything too drastic. So no, I wasn't put off that much. Um, obviously, his price has altered a little bit, but I repeat, when you're looking at one to sixteen shots going round, we're going to criticise no matter what they do. How
1: difficult is it in a novice chase when it's a match race to be able to? To stride on and then actually do your stuff because he's Aiden is riding him very similar to actually the exact same way that Ruby rode his brother Dovan. Dovan was in mid division for the Supreme Novices' Hurdle and he tracked the leaders in the Punchestown Grade One, but in all of his novice chases, Ruby made the running on him, and it's the very same with Aiden and, and John Bon. And I'm I'm quite interested in that that they're riding him in the exact same way, so he's having to cut out all his own work. But it's a match race. How how much is that a factor in what we saw on Saturday?
2: Um, I suppose it's a tricky one, isn't it? For for Aidan Coleman, at least he knew talking to Harry Skelton down to start in in a sense how the race was going to go. But you know he didn't want to get done for a bit of boot if Harry Skelton's just going to bob round there and, and, and try and beat him. You know in, in a sprint for home and maybe try and and force his horse into making a mistake. But the thing about John Bond is he's passed all these tests and in the Arkle, it's going to be, the pace is going to be obscene. And so Mm -hmm. far his jump has passed the test, which is that's going to be the, the, the chink in any horse's armor. Like we've seen El Fabiolo. I didn't like him on debut. I thought he was a bit ignorant. Whereas at Leopardstown, he was a little bit ignorant again, but he made a mistake and he came back from it. That would show you that there's a proper horse in there. Whereas the only thing I would say about John Bonnet is we've not seen him bust a fence out with yet, which in a way I would prefer, whether that's just because he's exceptionally good with his feet or he's just been lucky. Has he been lucky to meet every fence perfectly in three starts when you're tackling all them fences, the line of fences down the back of Warwick twice and the railway fences he can't have got lucky every time, lads. I just think he sorts his feet out very good, and he's passed them tests. And I think that's going to be the biggest thing come Cheltenham because he's not going to lack for speed, and he's shown that he can be quick on his feet both ways, long and short. It's going to take it's going to take a real, real one to beat him for me because I was with Dysart Dynamo up until the other day. But I thought Dysart Dynamo did everything right at Leopardstown, and in the end he still got a little bit tired and got and, and once it found out, but he came up a smidge short. Um very, very fine margins. But on what I what I've seen now, and of John Bond the other day and Dyser Dynamo at the festival, I would now be starting to tilt towards the horse from seven barrows.
1: Oh, you would keep the faith
2: with John Bonn overall for the Arkle. I would do now, simply because I've seen how good he is on his feet. And he's not, the, their hand isn't forced how they've got to ride him. They can ride him however they want, because he'll sit in. They won't get this fella, um, uh, they won't get him under pressure for pace throughout a race, because he is so good on his feet. And it, we've seen him before, he's, he's not a slow horse. So just think. Apart from the one thing that I mentioned, lads, about him not making a mistake, but I think there's a reason for that because he, he's not being forced into making a mistake because the rev counter's not been high enough with him yet. Um, generally, wh- when a horse is struggling for ideas or they're, or they're in top gear, that's when they'll make a mistake, whereas you know, the, the, this fella hasn't, which would make you think that he's not been put under enough pressure yet to do it. Yeah, I, bizarrely
1: enough, I decided to re-watch... Dovan's novice chases uh, and so I, I watched his chase debut then watched John Bond's chase debut and then watched El Fabiolo's and then repeated that in that order and that that line about El Fabiolo being ignorant on debut at some of his fences is is genius because that's exactly what he was um, however even though he made a Horlicks of a couple of the fences he didn't lose any momentum and Daryl is convinced that it was his fault that they made the mistake four out at Leopardstown in the Irish Arkle, He said he got a bit excited and he asked him for one too quickly and that El Fabiola got him out of it. But even when he made that mistake, he didn't lose momentum there. So, for sure, if he makes mistakes like that in the Arcal, it could absolutely come back to haunt him. But it seems as though he makes a silly mistake but doesn't lose momentum. The thing that would bother me about John Bunn at the weekend is it wasn't a mistake. It's just that he wasn't fluent. But suddenly a horse who's 23 pounds inferior to him has him off the bridle. And it took him two fences to get himself back in contention. And really, Calico makes... He's slow at one of the fences, and suddenly he's under pressure. And John Bon just is able to ride up alongside him and, and then go on to victory. I also wonder about the Arkel itself, if the triple D effect is going to have another impact. Danny and Dicer Dynamo. Because looking back on the Supreme last year... Aiden would have been pretty happy to make the running on him, but Paul Townend is like, no, 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 we're doing that, and and then they end up, and Barry, you and I have talked about this a few times. They end up then in that insane pace battle, which sets it up for for Constitution Hill to come through as stylishly as he did. Intriguingly, uh, Maddie Batchelor was on the show on Thursday, and he just happened to say that he was with Aiden Coleman before the Supreme, and he was talking to him directly after it, and Aiden said to him and Aiden is mustard, by the way. Aiden's one of the best jockeys in the business. But he said to him in the immediate aftermath that he couldn't see anything getting close to him in the Supreme, that he was traveling so well. He said, I'm on a machine here. Nothing's going to touch me. And as the second he even thought that, along comes the white silks of Constitution Hill who just tears off in front, and he couldn't understand it. But his view was, look, that's a freak, and my horse will win the Arkle next year. I, it's recency bias, but... I'm not so sure, and I wonder about the Dicer Dynamo effect, because he really does have only one way of running. So he's going to go out and make all. John Bon has been making all of the running in his races. He can settle in behind. But if he gets fired up, and if it's difficult to restrain him, they're just going to end up in another pace battle, and Paul will sit there on El Fabiolo and say, thanks very much, lads, you're going to set this up for me. I think the leader in the clubhouse is now El Fabiolo. Um, John Bon could absolutely win the Arkle, but I wonder, would John Bond have done at Leopardstown what what El Fabiolo did? Would he put up a performance that big to not just win an Irish Arkle by ten lengths, but thrash an Arkle Trial winner in Banbridge, a Supreme Novice Hurdle winner, and a a dual wide margin winner of novice chases and appreciated, and a Moscow Flyer winner, and a devastatingly impressive novice chase debut success for for Dizer Dynamo? Would John Bond win? as impressively as El Fabiola would. I'm not so sure he would.
0: Well, I, I think looking back at that race of Leperson, when you look, you look in the aftermath, Bambridge and Appreciated for me are going to be better over two and a half mile, maybe even even further. And Dysart Dynamo, he just always has the one way of going. And okay, I know visually it looked very well to win by 10 lengths, but I'm with Paddy on this one, and, and the market has has sort of went this way as well as i mentioned immediately after the race he was available at two to one he's now a general seven to four thirteen to eight chance so i think people just quickly formed the opinion that oh you know calico had him off the bridle he's not going to win an article blah blah blah, out of two to one but i think the more you look back at the race like okay this horse he's won his three he's won his three chases but on saturday for me it was the only time he actually really had a race the last time he won at Warwick against uh, Mon Miro, that wasn't a race. It was just like a piece of work. And then, okay, Boothill might have got to maybe within three lengths of turning of home at Sandown. But again, it was, he, he probably does more work than that at home. And I just felt on Saturday that when something shot past him, probably for the first time since he beat uh, El Fabiolo back in Entry last year, he was sort of, oh, hang on, we're back racing again. Because yeah. everything has been so, so easy for him. And I think it's good in a way that he was he was forced to race Look in running, he almost touched three to one. But was he ever really, really in trouble? And like, it's not as if Coleman had to roast him along and get the stick out. And you know, it was just a bit of a shock and a bit of a shock to the the horse's as Well, something's gone shooting past me. We're back racing again, and he won it very comfortable in the end. He really did. Um, So, and I think he might have learned a lot as well. We're back racing here again. I know team tactics could have a lot to do with it at uh, at Shetland, but. I think they might have learned their lesson last year. Remember, he's only been beaten once in nine starts, and that was at Chetland last year when they went off a ridiculous pace, absolutely ridiculous pace. And we can see what happens to horses when they go off a ridiculous pace. We've seen it with Fastile Vega only a couple of weeks ago. No, no matter how good you are, if you go off that little fraction too fast, you're not going to last. So I'd still be in the John Bond camp. Uh, El Fabiolo, when you dig into it, what did he beat a leopard sound? You die start start when who just goes off too quick. And maybe the other two horses that finished there, uh, I think it was second and fourth in that race, Banbridge and Appreciate it. they're gonna be better over further. Look, I know he was very good, but I'd still be with Paddy. I'd still be in the John Bond camp. Um, as I mentioned, apart from that time at Cheltenham when the pace was ridiculous. He he would remain unbeaten uh, three from three. And, and the railway fence has come quick at you down the back at Sandown, and he's been he's been foot perfect at all at, at them almost all. So um, yeah, I wouldn't lose the fight with him. Um for me, I think I'd have him just favors over um, El Fabiola. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't lose the fate with that run there on Saturday. I think it was okay. I think he just, he got back racing for the first time in a long time. And, yeah, that'll stand to him, I think.
1: His chase debut at Warwick, I think the note that we would have had was good, but room for improvement. But the Henry VIII novices chase, my goodness, he never touched a twig. That was stunning. That was really, really
0: impressive that day. At and Sandown, yeah. And, and Boothill's not a bad horse either. Boothill has some good form he beat a horse called Acu risk is it who we might talk about later on <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah he was very impressive very impressive the weekend so there is a bit of substance to the form there and um, i know Acu risk was or Boothill was beat by tommy's oscar who's another horse another progressive horse but yeah the form of that sandown race was was there Boothill got within maybe two or three lengths of turning for home but he went on to win by eight and the other two were okay they're probably only 130 rated horses or low 140 horse, but they were well beaten back in third place so I think his form has a bit of substance. I know you look at Calico, and I think he, Calico was 23-pound worse off with him yesterday or Saturday, and he only got five off him. But still, I never really felt that Aiden Colwell was in any, any real danger. And when you look back, I think he could have got three to one halfway down the back straight. Looks pretty good now. But um, yeah, look, when he, he asked him to pick up, he picked up well, he jumped well, and he was he was a comfortable winner in the end, almost six left. So why wouldn't lose a fight with John Bond? And he'd still be the one for me in the arc
1: Well, if you liked him beforehand there's no reason not to still like him and you must be loving life now because instead of getting 11 to 10 on, you're now getting 7 to 4. So Yeah, I think,
0: yeah, you you can't lose the fight with him. And it's, look, I know every weekend we seem to be getting more questions than answers, don't we really? You you think, you know, every other year you'd be saying, oh, oh, well, yeah, he's really good this, or oh, he's even better than we thought. But every week we seem to be getting more questions than answers. And we see, like, Fasile Vega a couple of weeks ago, Just the second coming and he's gone from what six to four to seven to two. And now here we go again with with John Bond winning, winning and drifting in the market. We have Gallop and the Champs winning by ten lengths and drifting in the market. So markets are puzzling, but uh no, I wouldn't I'm not gonna lose the fight with John Bond just yet.
1: The Gallop and the Champs one still makes no sense to me. I I rewatched that over the weekend again to just to see is there something I'm not seeing that these odds compilers are, and I still don't get it. I still don't understand what they've seen. But I'm I'm delighted. Because we're getting seven to four about him, so we'll take that. Um, Paddy, just final one on John Bon, um, and, and that comes down to his form. When I say would John Bon have won the Irish Arkle as impressively as El Fabiolo, the reason I ask that is the horses he's beaten on paper look good, but when you dig into it, West Cork finished sixteen lengths behind them on Chase debut and has been pulled up in his next two starts. Mon Moral. Was beaten on New Year's Day on his next start, and then got buried by Jerry Calam the other day. Boothill did win the Wayward Lad, but then got put in his place by Tommy's Oscar at Doncaster. Uh, Honoured the Janak won a handicap chase off; it was a mark of one twenty-two. Maybe uh, is is there enough substance there, or is uh, is it not so much what he's beating, but it's the manner of the visual impression and the fact that it's Warwick, which is a proper test for novice chasers and sandown where he never touched a twig. So when a horse is the price he is for a grade one at Cheltenham, I think you have to be picky. You have to really drill in and see, does this horse deserve to be that price? And that form has just given me a little bit of pause. because I'm not overly concerned about Saturday. It does worry me slightly that Calico got him off the bridle um, and that he wa- it did take a couple of fences for him to then take command and get back into it. But... When I say I don't think he'd have won the Irish Arkle as impressively as El Fabiolo, I say that because I question what he's beaten this season. Am I being exceptionally harsh, or is there merit to that?
2: No, you're. I don't think you're being harsh at all, because it's there in black and white, Emmett, what he's beaten. Um, there isn't a great deal of substance to it. But I think if you look back at last year and... I think the argument is there if El Fabiolo had have jumped the last better at Aintree, he might have beaten John bon, um in that hurdle race. But El Fabiolo went to Aintree, a very fresh horse. He hadn't ran since New Year's Day. Whereas this time around, John on is getting more miles on the clock, but he's getting far easier miles. I mean, that was a proper war of attrition at Leopardstown that El Fabiolo has come through. And, you know, Dar Jacob, from the back of the last, he's not spared him. He's pushed him right out to the line. And having gone that the whole way um, and gone and put 10 lengths back to the second horse, you know, he still has had a hard race because he's been in such a strongly run event. Whereas, yeah, there's probably very little substance to all this John Bon form. But surely Nicky is going to have a fresher horse going to Cheltenham now. I know he's run more times, but th- th- these are like racecourse gallops for him. He, he had to get a bit of a shove the other day, but that was it. But these have been racecourse gallops compared to that Irish Arkle. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. Every horse that run in that race, they will have to take some minding now to just get them back to peak form. And, you know, yeah, he had a good crack at John Bond, but... John Bon had been to Cheltenham and then turned back straight out. And and obviously he had a very hard race at Cheltenham, John Bonn. And then he turns back out with Aintree and he still manages to get the better, albeit narrowly, of El Fabiolo. But El Fabiolo was having his first run back since Tremor on the 1st of first of January. So a very fresh horse. I, I think we, we, we could have we could have a, a far, I won't say healthier horse, but I just think there could be more miles in the tank in, in Jambon come the middle of March than maybe El Fabiolo. Yeah, and
1: there's a fair argument to be made that that was, because you're right about um, Daryl, and I'm, I'm not criticising him in any way, but he did make sure that he was winning that race by a wide margin. And I wonder, is there's an argument to be said that he's going to have learned an awful lot more from that performance then John Ball will will have here but John Bond's coming in off a much lighter race and Nicky will be able to do an awful lot of work with him to get him ready whereas Willie will surely have had to ease off El Fabiolo and then and then build him back up um, that's definitely dynamic Tony McCoy said after the race that he wouldn't win an Arkle on the back of that however, it's Nicky Henderson it's the master trainer this is the kind of horse he excels with and he's very excited and keeping the faith and, and why wouldn't you um, Nikki's Nikki twice said, "I choose to see the positive, uh, or I choose to look on the bright side." And I think if you're a John Bond fan, you absolutely should be. If you're if you're pot committed, if you've had a bet on the Arkell already, then you don't really want to be hearing people saying, "Nah, you're wrong. John Bond's not good enough, and he's not gonna he's gonna be showing up by El Fabiolo on the day." You want to keep the faith. I'm coming in with a blank canvas. I haven't had a bet on El Fabiolo, and I'm kind of sick that I didn't, because speaking to people at the Mullins Yard. They were raving about him at the start of the season and saw him as their Arkel contender. Despite all the talk about appreciated and Dysart Dynamo, he was the one they were excited about. Um, I said it on the final for but then didn't pull the trigger. But it does mean that I have a blank canvas and I'm not committed to either one. And I honestly could end up on Team John Bon closer to the time. I find it really difficult to pick between them right now. But I certainly wouldn't be crabbing his Arkel chance on the back of the Kingmaker. It was a match race. It was fast ground. Um and Aiden's ended up winning really comfortably in the end. So I, I'm not belittling him, but I am questioning what he's beaten so far and whether there is substance there. Um, I think both of you are team John Bonn right now. Is that right, Barry?
0: Yeah, I'm going to be team John bon. Um Yeah. Look, I thought uh, it was yourself made a good point there that Willie will probably has, have to ease off on, um, El Fabiolo. And um, whereas John Bon can now probably rev up the gallops because, uh, as Paddy did mention, he had a hard race. But look, again, I know we're talking about the substance to the form. You can only beat what's in front of you. And I just thought he he, he got a bit of a shock to his system the other day. Everything has come so easy to him. And all of a sudden, this thing shoots three or four lengths in front of him. And Colin gives him a slap down the neck and goes, right, we have to get after this. And he's going, right, we're back racing again. So look, he done it well in the end. No reason to desert him. I would have more. I know it's good, it's good form, but when you dig deep into that leopard sound form of El Fabiolo, like dying, art dynamo he definitely faded up the hill and, and the other two horses i think would be better over or so there can be question marks about the substance of that form too so yeah i'm still firmly in the uh, in the john bon camp.
1: And patty you're a team jumbo
2: yeah i think as as time goes um because going into the drf i was hoping that dice art dynamo i mean look he's not as crazy as what he was last year but He's just so one-dimensional, I think. Um, there's maybe a ceiling to how far he can go, whereas the campaign that John Bon has had, I, I just honestly think that Nicky is going to have a far, fresher horse, and, and, and he, he's not as as one-dimensional as maybe some of the others here. And So, yeah, I I'm starting to lean towards him, and, and because of the, the lack of substance to his form throughout the winter, um, simply because of lack of opposition, you know, we're probably getting some reasonable value about
1: him now. Yeah, I, I think that's that's very fair. Uh, in the non-runner uh, well, not non bet, I think Dice Dynamo is sevens for the Oracle. Um, there's a fairly strong case to be made that that's a good each-way bet. Because I'm not sure this is going to be an eight-runner field. In fact, I'm pretty certain it won't be an eight-runner field. Um, yeah,
0: there's a, there's a few in there that won't go. You can still back them at sevens. Um, do you know what I... Saw? I, I wouldn't give up on Dysart Dynamo I, I do like John Bon but I, I can't I, he, yeah he does have one way of going and I can't see it being a sort of a team tactics affair because he has a set of owners that are going to go out there and, uh, and do what's best for him and not going to try and suit El Fabiolo and, and, and the other Mullins horse, if you know what I mean so you know, I think if he's only going to go the one way out front jump off and if there is any mistakes or any chinks in the armors of the others we've um, yeah, seen what um, Carrie Moore's horse, editor the gee done at Cheltenham over early in January, he just ran them ragged and I presume that's the way he's gonna he's gonna try go at this again. But yeah at seven to one he looks a decent each way chance although yeah he is a bit of a head case but um I wouldn't totally rule him out but yeah still jump on for me.
1: Yeah, I think just if you're trying to come at it from a if you if you wanted to do the scumbag each way bet, it probably is Tyser Dynamo. The, the account closer probably is that one. Um if you wanted to be really ambitious, the twenty fives about Saint Roy is big. If are going to go a million miles an hour again mark could just take it easy in behind um and then hopefully he gets around this time and is able to to at least get into the places he could definitely be good enough to finish third um and 25s fifth of the odds finishing third is going to be bigger than the 11 to 8 so yeah i i would about el fabiolo um so that would definitely be an interesting way to, to look at it but look, there's going to be plenty more that we're going to learn between now and then um You two are Team John Bon, and I've got splinters all around my backside because I'm very much sitting on the fence and I've not decided as of yet. Uh, The Boyne Hurdle goes to Blazing Cal. Over 420 days off the track, not a bother. Uh, Comes out and wins for Charles Burns, who 10 years ago won the stairs hurdle with with. Solwith. What is the market reaction with BetDak to Blazing Cal's comeback win? Barry Call.
0: Oh, talking about having more questions than answers. This race we've had the this is the fourth different favorite we've had for this race in the space of about five weeks. Blazing Cal was available at about fourteen um a week ago or so. But we're standout price three to one, three to one joint favorite. He is a general five to two chance across the board. We have him in as a three to one favorite with Tiupo, who was favored after his win at Gorham Park. Home by the Lee is now nine to two. Marie's Rock has seen a bit of money, um, good money, actually. She's now 4-1 to one for the race. And still, I'll just make you aware of this. I, I said it on the program last week, the money continues to come for Florian Porter. Um, he was as big as 16s or 18s a couple of weeks ago, and they said he was 50-50. But there's just niggly money for him all the time. And look, we know how much he loves it around there. But back to Blazing Cal. Yeah, as you mentioned, them at 428 days off the track, and we hadn't seen him since he won those two Grade twos at Cheltenham. Um, I thought he ran really well. I thought jumping the last fill up might have been a little easier on him. I thought he might have said, oh, look, it's his comeback run. He hasn't ran for 428 days. But in fairness to the horse, he picked up really well. And uh, he was a good winner at the line. He really was. Um, Obviously, you have the bounce factor to take into consideration. You don't know how he's going to come out of this race. Cheltenham's not too far away. But um, look he has to come on for that has to come on a ton for that 428 days since he last had a run. You'd have to question the substance to the form. Um, St. Sam was very disappointing back in fifth. He looked beat quite a way out. Um, you know, what do you do with him now? Um, you have the likes of Delta work in there. Who's, who's only really using it for a, for a prep run, really, isn't he? Um, solid moral for the cross country. Yeah, we won't mention that in the training horses on the go- on the or something like that. No, no, no. on swiftly. But it's uh, a fair up. point,
1: though. It's a fair point, and and to be fair, uh, Ruby made this point on Road to Cheltenham with Lydia. Uh, he said when Dyser Dynamo won his novice chase, he said, "So is is Willie going to be done for school in the public?" And uh, like, it's an extreme example to make, but he's making the point that if you're going to take the, the the rule book literally, then you're going to have to apply these rules literally. So. Yeah, that's, that's, they were trying yeah, to get yeah. an answer from him on, um, it was Gary who was trying to get an answer from him about the Ronan McNally situation on Racing TV they they were there was a race delayed uh, I think it was a Monday and Gary turned to Ruby and said so the McNally situation do you want to talk about that? No <laughs> I don't want to talk about it uh, which, which I thought was interesting but he has he's thrown a few interesting things out there in, in the past and yeah if you were to take the if you were to take it literally, we all know what Delta Work was doing we all know exactly, yeah, exactly what he was doing at the weekend. Yeah. No one has a problem with it. But if the IHRB are going to apply those rules literally, like they have done with McNally, then you're going to have to do it that way too. Yeah, it's double standard. Anyway, we're in the yeah, good the books with the like IHRB. I... To be fair, we're in the yeah. good books with the IHRB. Dennis O'Regan was Moving telling us on. about the lads who were listening in and uh, didn't agree with everything we were saying, but said it was very fair. And so shout out to the IHRB. Uh, you might not like what I have to say towards the very end of the show. Anyway, anyway. Um,
0: Overall, yeah, I, yeah. what, what well, is
1: your what is your stance on him right now, Barry, for his stairs hurdle? Would you be with him or against him?
0: Um I would be against him. Um and, uh, I'm trying to find a reason why. Like he, he's obviously going to improve for that run. The second horse uh, yesterday meet and greet is a good horse and he has some bits and pieces of decent form in there. He wasn't beaten far by home and home by the lay. He has bits and pieces of form in there. Beacon Edge. Uh, you know, he's not gonna win anything at Cheltenham. I'm sorry to be lay. Is probably past at St. Sam. Like, what do you do with St. Sam? It's, yes. I don't know, a head-scratcher. But um he has some really, really strong opposition. I thought Teupa was excellent at Gorham Park. I really did. I thought he was excellent. I still wouldn't rule out home by the Lee. I think he's an improving horse. Um he, he tries all the time. He seems to come off the bridle a bit, but he seems to really, really give you his all. And I think he'll be suited by the run up the hill in Cheltenham. And still, Flooring Porter, like, the money speaks volumes to me. They keep on backing him. He's excellent around there when he when he's on song, so I think Blazing Cal. Although he should improve, he has to improve. Um, Tupo for me is still the one to be, um, that they seem really excited by him down in Gordon's place, and, and I think he's improved. he was very very good, at Gordon as I say. He beat honeysuckle and classical dream, at Fairy as well. Um, yeah, I think Blazing Cal has to step up another little bit. You still have the bounce factor. You don't know how he's going to come out of that race today either. And um, you wouldn't know after 428 days off the track, you don't know how he's going to come out of the race. So the safest option for me is Tupo. And just finishing up, if Blazing Cal was trained by Paddy Morphy, I don't think he'd be three to one. I think he'd be ten to one. I think it's just a man who has him, and this has been the plan. He's got good core form around Cheltenham, but yeah, for me the safest bet at three to one would be Tupo.
1: Yeah, and again the Betdaq Cheltenham preview that I did last year, Katie Young was on the panel at the time. Katie was working for Gordon. She's gone into the Bloodstock game now. She still rides out for Pork Roach every day. But she was the, the word that she was passing on about Tiapu was unbelievable. The confidence they had him for the, had in him for the champion hurdle was off the charts. Hence why he went off a nine to one shot. And while it didn't happen then, that's the old point I've made before. When a big stable is sending off a horse at a price that doesn't make sense, it's too short a price. Might not happen on the day, but it tells you how highly they regard the horse. Um, and we'll have Katie back on the show soon. I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be with him as well. That being said, he beat nothing at, at Goran Park. He did it visually, very impressively. Um, Blazing Cal though, Paddy has been talked about as a stereo sortel horse for quite some time, and yet we just weren't seeing him. Well, now we are. He's been to Cheltenham twice, has won there twice, including over three miles. What did you make of his comeback at Navin?
2: Oh, I thought it was fantastic, and I mean, what a trend performance by. Um, Charles Burns I mean obviously it's been if and but and, and when and maybe hasn't it for ages now about when we're going to see him again obviously he missed the whole of 2022 but if you look back through this horse's form it took him four goals to win a bumper he was sent off favourite on debut but since he's won his bumper he's not been beaten since I mean he popped up I think it was second or third start over hurdles when he absolutely smashed him at Cheltenham and that's when he really came on the radar wasn't it yeah. and I mean he's only just turned 7 he's got 0 miles on the clock obviously we've learned now that he is pretty fragile but no I really like the way he went through that race the other day and you know they didn't mind him you know they have to put the gun to his head a little bit and see you know what this horse could find under pressure if there is maybe little niggles there with him uh, but no he's as good as gold because I think the second is a good yardstick stick. I suppose the, the third lets the form down a little bit, but, you know, he was six lengths behind. Um, I was just good at when I seen the price. Honest to God, I didn't think he was going to be going off that sort of price. Yes, I suppose because of such an absence, he had to, there had to be some sort of value there with the question marks. But no, I think it was pretty good. He's just very, very classy. He really is. And my only worry about the likes of uh, Tehupu, I think at the top table, He just needs plenty of cut in the ground for me. Mm.
1: Yeah, Dennis has has backed you up on that as well. Um, Now, when we spoke to Dennis last on the show, and I think he's on next week with us, um, I was asking about the ground for Jerry Kalam and for uh, Tiapu, and at the time, he hadn't run in Sandown yet. His view on Jerry Kalam was, Welsh national type in the future and when I said that to Lizzie Kelly the other day she burst out laughing and went so no good then Uh, but that wasn't what he was saying he was just saying that that kind of ground is going to be you'd see him be a mustard racehorse on that kind of ground since his win in Sandown Mm -hmm. Gordon has come out and said no we are going for brown advisory and he's the ideal type for that race but when we talked about Tiapu uh, and the reason I'm mentioning this uh, bringing in Jerry Colom is because there was kind of a lost in translation across the wires because, again, he was emphasizing, yeah, ground would be important. But when he realized it was Tiapu I was talking about, oh, no, 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 he'll be fine. Um, which, which I think is very interesting. Uh, because maybe it was a pace issue. Maybe it was the trip in the champion hurdle that, that caught him out and not so much the ground. Um, so I, I'm not as worried about it as I was uh, on the basis of, of what Dennis has said. But it, it's certainly a concern. There's also just, he didn't beat a whole lot the other day. But he did beat Classical Dream and Honeysuckle. And that's the best form on offer. So when they're both the same price, I would I would be siding with Tiapu. And Charles Burns himself met, mentioned yesterday, it's not ideal and there is the bounce factor at play. Uh, but you couldn't have been any more impressed with how he did it. And if there's any man who can get a horse to defy the bounce factor, it's the wily old Charles Burns, Petty.
2: Yeah, definitely. And... You know, after he um, after he won the first time at Cheltenham for Charles Bourne, like that was on the 12th of November. Um, and like, they went back in at him pretty quick again. So I wouldn't be worried. Yeah, the bounce factor off the back of an absence. But he also commented as well yesterday that this horse was actually going to tighten up a good bit for that effort yesterday. So... If he's going to improve off the back of what he did yesterday, you know, he's only a seven-year-old. Like I've mentioned, he's got zero mileage on the clock, this fella. And we really, really don't know where the ceiling is with Blazing Cal. Yeah,
1: we don't. Um, I don't know if he said this yesterday or or not, uh, but I do know that Blazing Cal has been taken down to the beach. Um, And so they've been working him in the sand. And and just to explain that, Paddy, when you're working a horse on sand uh, and working them down on the beach, you are essentially, you're getting them hard face on that surface, but you're also not giving them uh, an excessively hard workout on, on tough ground. It's, it's an ideal way to prepare a horse.
2: Yeah. I mean, the the beach is a tricky one because honest to God, it, it's almost like being on a race course. You have got to choose your line on the beach because the closer you, you work a horse, to the water edge that can be very a very quick surface you want to be you want to be away from the water edge and um a good bit up the up the shore where the sand is a bit drier and a bit deeper Um, so you can choose your line Uh, that's why but you'll you'll never see someone galloping a horse down the beach and they're splashing through the water line because that you'll even hear it underfoot that is pretty, that's a pretty quick surface. Um, and, but yeah, if you, if you take them up a little bit more from the, from the water edge and you'll get deeper sand and, and, and more consistent surface, but yeah, you can, you can be as, as, as kind or as harsh as you want. And, um, and, and, but you can get plenty of work done for sure. And, and then obviously afterwards, there's nothing better than for a for a horses bits and pieces to get them into the, the salt water and, and let them stop in there for 20 minutes, half an hour. It's, it, it really, the, the recovery is just incredible.
1: 14 months off the track, but not a bother for Blazing Cal in the Boyne Hurdle, uh, William Hill Boyne Hurdle, to give it its proper title. And now we've got Blazing Cal, Tia Poo, home by the Lee, flooring Porter, and it's good again to hear the reports that there's more money coming in for him because that means he's surely... Uh, on the way back and, and we will hopefully be making the race there's also the possibility looking extremely likely now that marie's rock is going to switch to this race
0: which yeah, would make things quite interesting it does be, and i think that's just because of the strength and depth of the marriage for the for once this year and um, when i say for once i mean competitiveness like that's turning out to be like the yeah. The, uh, the, the trouble that the mayor's race has caused in the last couple of years in substandard, it's not even a grade three. You know, Okay, you've, you've had the, the good ones in there, the hot pots, but it's really competitive this year. And maybe they're looking at it going, you know what? Blazing and Kyle has questions, answers. Tiupo does he really stay home by the lead? He's going to come off it at some stage. Florham Porter, there's there's question marks about him. Whereas you look at the at the uh, the mayor's, like I still maintain Honeysuckle is running as well as she has been. I just think the horses around her haven't have improved yet. Now, I know um, Love Envoy is a slight worry the weekend. She was withdrawn. But um, I still think the mayor's race is possibly as good, if not better, than the stairs hurdle. So, yeah, you can see why they're they're thinking about this.
1: Yeah, I, I think they're of equal quality. I wonder if it's mm. more to do with the fact that Nikki can now win the champion hurdle of a constitution hill, which I think we all think is going to happen. Um, Epitone will be a huge player for him in the mayor's. And if yes. Nico has turned to the owners and said, listen, Midland Park Racing... She was really good last year, but wait till she goes three miles. She's going to be it, like so that, much. Better.
0: That's one. That's a question for Paddy. Paddy, if you were a jockey in Nico's situation, would you not do that anyway? So you'd have yourself two good rides. You know what I mean? You could say to yeah. the owners, the money is rocking. Aiden will be on Epiton. That's that's
1: what makes it interesting. Nico won't be on Epiton. Oh yeah, Aiden will. yeah. But
0: I'm just. But for argument's sake, like, would you, you know, try and split owners so you'd have three different rides in three in three big races?
2: Oh, I doubt, and. Especially if them rides are going to be competitive, and I think with with the with Nikki's mare, because obviously the possibility of looking at some good or even possibly lively ground, because she can be a little bit keen and racy, I think that's why maybe they're they're leaning to stretching her out in trip if the ground stays the way it is. But you make a great point about the strength of the mare's race, c- because even now. There's so many people that aren't keen on this race even being part of the festival, you know, for other reasons. But they're in agreement that it's probably one of the races of the festival this year. (laughs) It's top five for sure. It's top five for sure. You know, but but they just uh, I I can see their point. They just don't think that the the race should be actually there. But there's no denying that from a competitive angle. Could be one of the races of the festival this this time around. Yeah. I, I think
0: I, this is just gonna... say if. Sorry, go on. I'm no, sorry. No, I'll, I'll just say if, if um, Epitont was to beat Maurice Rock by maybe a length in the mayor's race and four, four or five lengths back to the tour, I'd say Henderson would be going, well, we should have split them, you know? Though.
1: Yeah. So. And I think that's what it might come down to. It might just be Wiley Old Nicky is saying to himself, well, we have the Champion Island one. You win the and win the stairs. Ah! Uh, so yeah, why not? Why not? Listen, if you can do it, I say go for stairs. Uh, I would be fully in the, in the yeah. camp of going stairs. But that's because I want Marie's Rock out of the way of honeysuckle. Thanks very much. <laughs> I'm very biased on that one, and I make no apologies for it. If you have backed Marie's Rock for the mares, I I feel for you. Um, I know how it feels. I've backed horses for Cheltenham that are now going for the races. It's a sickening, one. Uh, She might still rock up there. She may very well still be going for the mayors, but it sounds like the owners are keen, and Nikki gets the old glint in his eye as well. Speaking of Nikki, Exeter yesterday, Lucia. Uh, We hadn't seen her for a while. Again, similar to Blazing Cal, not off for the same amount of time. Um, Off for 78 days since her impressive victory at Newbury, and she absolutely bolts-up enlisted company. A uh, friend of the show, Paul Jacobs, who will be on with us in a couple of weeks' time, was making the point that didn't she just do what she was expected to do? Should we all be hailing her as the next thing, uh, as the next big superstar of racing? And he might very well have a point there. But Barry call what has been the market reaction? And I'm going to have to ask you about the Supreme price as well, because that's a- an interesting subplot that's coming here as well. Uh, but I imagine we're she's actually quite short now for the Mayor's Novice Hurdle.
0: Yeah, well kicking off with the Supreme, she's ten to one with us. But just a reminder, we're not no uh none of know better at the moment. So she is a general maybe four or five to one shot for the Supreme um with a run. Um it's hard to know if she's gonna go there or not. Uh, she's around about seven to four for the mayors, uh novice hurdle, seven to four with us. That is the best out there. It's a general seven to four chance. But um yeah, look, I thought she was very good yesterday. Um, she can do no more than than what she's done. Um, I agree it probably wasn't the strongest. Of, uh, of listed races but look she won it well in the end she won by 11 then she's been a wide margin winner of all her four starts she's won by six then 17 lengths, five lengths and she's been well fancied to do so Um big mistake at the last yesterday i think it was probably just a lack of concentration but um it's yeah, very promising it's going to be a massive step up in class to go if she does go for the supreme but um yeah there was a there was a glint in nicky's eye when he said it was, when he was asked about taking on the boys um, yeah, it's it's very hard to know what's under the bonnet. Um, but it's gonna be hard taking on the boys. The Supreme looks Supreme looks strong, doesn't it, when compared to when you compare to the uh, to the mayor's novice order with the likes of Astro Diamond is in there and even has magical Zoe up there night and day. So um nowadays it's all about getting winners at Cheltenham and owners want winners at Cheltenham. And if it was my horse um and I wanted a winner at Cheltenham, I know what race I'd be going for and I wouldn't be the Supreme in it.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think I would go supreme,
0: and the you wouldn't, you wouldn't. Hold on, you wouldn't. If oh, you're looking at a bit of prize money and you're sort of going, go you want to win a race at Cheltenham, it's it's the easiest race. Right? Surely you're not going to take on those horses at the Supreme, are you?
1: Ah, you're supposed to say no. It's about competition, and you want to compete. Yeah, but it's not. It's about winning, and it's about of, prize
0: money. Exactly, it's a lot of bollocks. Yeah, of
1: course you want to go win. And her most obvious winning opportunity comes in the mayor's hurdle. I think she'd be a solid moral for that. However, uh, despite the mistake of the last, I was so impressed with what she did to hear the racing TV ask Nicky, and would you take on the boys? And he kind of, I think his response was something along the lines of, hmm. My my jockey just said the same thing to me.
2: We've got four weeks to to think about it.
1: But the way he was saying, he had the glint in his eye and... Clearly, Nico had said something very strong about, Nikki. if you run this or in the Supreme, she'll win. Um, now, I'm not saying that's what he said. I'm just making up lines, lies, basically. I'm, I'm reading reading between the lines. Um, it, it seemed like Nikki has been very dismissive of that kind of stuff in the past. Uh, case in point, Lydia Hislop turning to him after Epitone won the Jerry fielding and saying... And, and could she be a champion hurdler? And he was like, no, no, no. no, no. We've got Bouvedere. Uh, Lydia was right. We were right. 20 to 1. Happy days. But the, the most obvious race for her is clearly the mayor's hurdle, or the mayor's novice hurdle, the Jack de Bromhead mayor's novice hurdle this season. Um, And she'll take an awful lot of beating there. But it it is telling that Nico was saying to him something about Supreme would be an option. She could beat the boys. And that he wasn't committing. He didn't say, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to go for the mayor's hurdle. That he, he said, we have four weeks to think about it. So, Paddy, how impressed were you with Lucia? Any concern about the mistake that she made at the last? Or was that just a lack of concentration, as Barry said? Um, and where would you go? Would you take her to the mayor's novice hurdle? Or would you go at the big boys and go for the supreme?
2: Yeah, I think the mistake at the last, it was just a, a total... Laps of concentration, but I'd probably go mayors this year. Shouldn't only a five-year-old. I mean, that was only her second start over hurdles and she was just far too good for them yesterday. Even watch her going down to the start. She is a forward goer. She knows her job and that's the way she's put together. But as soon as she got on the front end yesterday, she just pricked her ears and wants to run around, but she was doing nothing. And that's why she ran in under the last and, and just landed in a bit of a heap at the back of it. But now, the second was a 40-to-1 poke, and and the third of Nichols' horse, um, lally gag, he emptied out very, very badly. So mm. we, we learned nothing about her yesterday, but I thought she settled quite nicely. And while she was in behind with a bit of cover and a bit of company, you know, she's got a proper, proper engine. If she was mine, have got time on your side. I know she's obviously proved fragile in the past, and they've got her back from a very bad injury, but they have got time on their side, I'd probably go Mares this year and if the wheels were, were still on you could maybe look at some some deeper water and take it on the boys next year if, if she's still about
1: You could even take on the boys at Aintree or Punchestown Go for your Mayor's Novice Hurdle this season, go for the Jack de Bromhead Memorial Mayor's Novice Hurdle win that, and then you can take a, a crack at the lads either at Aintree where there's a four week gap or come over to Punchestown and take on whoever's won the Supreme um, that would be another way of looking at it uh, it's it's a race that's gone to some good horses 2015 Native River Plitilog a year later and 2017 Finian's Oscar um, it's got a good role of honour and I like that performance a lot but it is worth mentioning what Paddy said there that Gag didn't perform weakened in the bedding before the off and ran accordingly and Itak Blue who we've spoken to Dan Skelton and Harry about on the final furlong they liked that horse an awful lot he was unbelievably weak in the bedding and it's worth mentioning what Dan said um, in December when we had him on the show that they're going comp- to run him similar to what Willie did with Ilete Tom. They're going to run him in high-class races. And if he doesn't win this season, then you're still a novice next year. So maybe he's just a little bit backward this season. Um, but they hold him in high regard and he didn't fire. Uh, so that would weaken the form. But my goodness, she traveled so strongly and cruised up and, and won really, really easily. Um, And Fergal O'Brien continues to do exceptionally well in the trainers championship and uh, manages to get the second place there with Palace Boy, who was completely unconsidered in the betting market. Ah, mm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Kaskers.com. um We will move on to the uh, Game Spirit Chase at Newbury, where an Ergamine's form gets a nice boost. What was that champion chase worth last year, Barry? Not a hill of beans for Noble has done absolutely nothing. Uh-oh, he's come out and won a grade two. Uh, really good performance on ground unaccustomed for a Venetia Williams horse, but this fella has actually performed on Good Ground in the past, and he was terrific on Saturday.
0: He was very good on Saturday, wasn't he? And straight off, yeah, a boost to even editor geese form, so there's, there's plenty of substance to his form and plenty of... Did you say who? No, no, I said true. I thought you said who. I thought you were dismissing my editor. You're twenty 25
1: to 1 tip! Literally, <laughs> the week of the race, Barry comes along, puts him up at 25 to 1, and do you think I had a bet on him that weekend? Did I? Walls have a better on them. But you're sitting in a really nice spot now. And final furlong listeners hey. who, who followed you in or well, I hope the final furlong posse followed you and not me, because if you did follow Blue Lord at twenties, now you're scratching your head going, What do we do now? Uh, whereas your fellas got a serious chance of being able to go and win. But yeah, his form gets franked and an ergamine's form gets franked as well. Um what did you make of the performance overall and what has been the impact in the champion chase betting market with Betdaq?
0: I, I thought he was. I thought he was. I'll give you the bet betting first. Um, look, I think he's going to struggle. I think Venetia Williams said as much after the race. You can still back him at thirty three to one uh, to to win it. Um, he won this last year, didn't he? And went on then to finish second behind an ergomont. And he looked just looked a horse of real promise. Really, he was pulled up then at Aintree, and his three runs this year were shocking. Like he was beat twenty three lengths by Edwardstone. Well, bet again by Editor de Gué at Kempton over Christmas, and again beat. In that race at Cheltenham, that Editor De Gee run. However, I must say, I thought ran okay in that race at Cheltenham. He was there, thereabouts, um, to a certain point. But um, yeah, yesterday, that was back to something like his best, uh, to be honest with you. But Venetia Williams, her um, quotes after the race were, were a little bit worrying. She said that at Cheltenham last time, he had every chance to run for home, which I do agree with because I watched that race closely enough. Obviously, having back in uh, Editor De Gee, but she says he doesn't quite stay two mile at a really good gallop. Mm. So that has to be, that has to be a worry. Now, obviously he improved there over the weekend. Um, he's been beaten twice by editor de guy so he's to improve an awful lot to get to editor de guys level. And even if he does get to that level, he has to step up again to get to the level of Edward Stone and maybe an Energamon if those two were to, to to really fire on the day. Look, a good performance. He's a good horse. Um, the start of the season was poor for him. That's definitely a step back in the right direction. he done it well. Charlie Deutsch looked happy on him all the way. Jumped well. He might have made a mistake of one of them towards the end. But, um, yeah, look, a good performance. But he still has a long, long way to go, Emmett, if he's to uh, if he's to either get to editor Guise level. And then, as I mentioned, he still has to step up another little bit on that as well. So, a turkey 3-1, it's only a fair price. Uh, look, at least you know he's going to go there. But um, I, I couldn't have him, even at that big of a price. Uh, he, still, he still has a lot more to find.
1: Yeah, I'm delighted he won at the weekend, and I'm thrilled for Neil Phillips, the wine tipster, who's one of the owners of him. Uh, so he'll have been absolutely loving life, and we'll have Neil back on the show before Cheltenham. We're, we're used to Venetia Williams' horses loving soft, even heavy ground. It just seems as though that's the kind of horses she targets, Paddy. And yet, uh, Fumble Savola, let's discount France, because who the hell knows what ground it would have been there. It says officially good ground, but was it? Uh, ask it. Good ground, wins Huntington. Good ground, finishes second to first flow over a trip further than ideal. Beats the big bite um, in Doncaster last year on good ground and now comes out and wins this race for the second year in a row, this time on good ground. He's an exceptional record on this surface. What did you make of his performance and what do you think of him for the champion chase?
2: Um, It was a really good effort. There wasn't actually that much distance-wise between... The Four Horses Home, um, you know, it was a good race to watch. But interesting that, you know, Venetia, who's had some good ones, threw her hands down through the years. She said that this is the fastest horse she's ever had. Fun uh, yeah. Look, lads, the ground on Saturday, obviously we've seen it with Leicester, Newbury in the same boat. They're not licensed at this time of the year to water the track. There was four track records at Newbury on Saturday. Um, it was just incredibly quick ground. This race was nearly seven seconds faster than standard. Um, but no, it was a good performance. He he really fences like a French horse. His feet are hardly off the ground, and he's on it without being spectacular. He's landed at the other side. He saves so much energy, time. He's just a really nice watch, isn't he, Funambul mm. Savola? Um, but Barry's right. I mean, that's a real tick in the box for editor the Geet because he absolutely kicked them out of the way the last day but this is much more like his sort of territory isn't it sort of flat, flat-ish galloping track where he can get in a real rhythm and he just kills other horses around him really with his speed and his quick fencing in Bill Savola but he's landed in another nice pot and like you say I mean, the strike rate over fences is pretty good very very likeable horse but for the time of year Probably quite extreme
1: conditions. Yeah, he's raced nine times on soft ground and he's won twice, but one—they're both in handicap company—and I bring that up because I find it hard to believe. And I, Barry, you might want to cover your ears for this one. I find it hard to believe that this horse is anywhere near as good on soft ground, and it—it's like it's a spectacular turnaround in form from being beaten thirty-six lengths at Christmas by Editor Deej. 21 lengths by him on soft ground on trials day. And now he comes out and wins a grade two. I, just, I think ground is really important to him. And he's probably, we're not seeing the real him behind editor Dajit for all that. It's a massive compliment. I, I think that the performance at Cheltenham is, is, is also one that kind of scratches your head a little bit because he finished second on soft ground in that champion chase. Um, the form book is telling you that he's just better on this on this surface so I I don't think we can take it literally for all that it is absolutely an advertisement of editor G's form I'm just not sure we can take that form literally um so I would bear that in mind from going forward the other question patty I have to ask is green team what the hell has happened to Green Team?
2: well he's got that in his makeup hasn't he he can be very good. And when he is good, he's good. But when he bombs out, he does it quite badly. Um, I've definitely heard Paul Nichols make the comment that he's able to get much more work into this horse this season and he's able to train him a lot harder. I am not really sure if this was a major target for Paul Nichols. Like He's he's obviously emphasised that the Gold Cup was a big target. He's run well. Again, I'm pretty sure it was Sandown, wasn't it? And I think he really targets actual pinpoints, races with this horse. I'd say that race the other day was maybe just something that was suitable along the way. I think a lot of momentum really was getting behind all the Nichols horses because there was even talk on Saturday that Nichols could actually go through the card. He Mm. was firing that many. That that many chances um, Saturday, And it actually turned out to be a pretty disappointing day for me. Yeah, it's just sod's law. You see it so often: a trainer, a jockey goes to a track with such a strong book, and it ends up in a, a, a little bit of a, a bit of a washout. So I wouldn't be too put off by Grenadine. Harry Cobden did say afterwards that a flat, like sort of quick track like this, wasn't really. To his liking, um, but I I just think he'll be the type of horse. Nichols will pick him back up again and maybe have a more specific target for Grenadine further down the line. So I wouldn't have been too disappointed about that effort on Saturday. I just think he came up to get against a horse with ideal conditions and quite a good one when he gets them on the day. Um, so I wasn't actually too disappointed with Grenadine on Saturday.
1: Yeah, and just going back through his form, it's worth mentioning that he ran in this race in 2021, was beaten 12 lengths by So Royal, and he went to Leopardstown for the Dublin Racing Festival last year and got battered by Shaq and Proswal, beaten 74 lengths. So maybe this time of year he's just not, at this specific month, at this time of year, he's just not the green team that that we know. Um, and, And perhaps when they get to Cheltenham or wherever it is they decide to go next, you'll see a different horse. And we had Harry Cobden on the show on Friday and he was saying he doesn't think green team was at his best in the Tinkle Creek. And if, and if he's right about that, then he can take a big step forward. uh, And he may just have needed this. It it was a disappointing day for Paul Nichols, given the firepower he was throwing at the card and the disappointment was there again with Hitman. Um, Oh dear, poor old Hitman, Uh, a very talented horse on his day, but it wasn't his day in the the Denman chase. Um, It, Terrific stuff, though, for Philip Hobbs. 3,000 winners, led by Zanza. Newbury isn't really a track that you'd be thinking of off the top of your head as being a course specialist track, because it tends to be a pretty fair race course, and yet Zanza absolutely loves life there. Uh, Paddy, what did you make of his performance?
2: Yeah, five and six at Newbury, isn't he? Zanza. He's such a terribly likable arson. Incredible the price he went off at, or returned at mm. 16 to one. Um, and obviously, he was a landmark winner, wasn't it, at 3,000 for Philip Hobbs. And yeah, but that, that track, re- track record for Zanz is incredible. But I mean, the time of the race was just unbelievable because I knew there was going to be no hiding place here because Kalashnikov, he was getting the blinkers. At his right old age, he was getting the blinkers on for the first time. And I still don't think that he's a spent force, Kalashnikov. Um, I wouldn't be writing him off just yet Hitman I think he really has been pigeonholed hasn't he as a bridle horse but I don't know maybe because of his makeup visually when he's off the bridle and, and under pressure it looks like he doesn't find but I think he's a real rhythm horse Hitman and I think better with a bit of cut in the ground as well where I just think once he gets on the front end and in a rhythm as we've seen at Haydock and when the ground is slowing the others down in behind, I think he breaks rivals' hearts a little bit, Hitman. Therefore, not as much pressure has to be applied at the business end, and, and he can look a bit more convincing. But I actually thought he came home okay the other day. I didn't think he gave up, or I didn't see anything untoward war with his head carriage, or, or that he wasn't going forward momentum-wise. Um, I just think he, he bumped into a real track specialist who put it all together. On the day and, and and similar comments to Vinicius Hurst. he just had conditions in his favour at, at, at a track that he, he really thrives on.
1: Yeah, To be fair, Eldorado Allen didn't fire at all, which sunk my bet deck multiple before it could even begin. Uh, but does he know seemed to run his race and he's beaten him pretty well. And as you said, Zanza just goes extremely well. So well, Barry called that Zanza's only defeated Newbury came in the a hurdle, which is a race that Philip Hobbs has never won.
0: Yeah, and if he can't win it with Zanza, he's never going to win it, is he? He's so good around there. No, um, yeah, that's incredible. Three thousand winners. I think Willie Mullins had his three thousand winner at uh, four thousand. Four thousand, was it? There you go. So he's no, he's nowhere near as good as Willie Mullins. Thousand winners behind. Him. But look, yeah, it's Hobbs, so achieving. Pull your it's, it's...
1: socks up, Hobbs.
0: Yeah, come on, come on, <laughs> get your act together. But it's been a long time since he's had a, a, a really top class horse. Look, I'm not putting Zanza up there as a top top class horse, but. Uh, He's a terrific record around there. Paddy's right. The SP. When you look back, look hindsight's a great thing. Sixteen to one, and he was four from five before the other day. But yeah, it's a long time since he's had a, like a, maybe a rooster booster or a flagship Alice or one of those sort of horses. You know, with definitely Deffy it was probably the last top one he had. Um, he's he talked about um going to the festival. He's no entries at the moment. Probably the plate would be the plate handicap would be where he would go. I'm not too sure. Um, Hitman, I didn't think Hitman done a lot wrong, to be honest. I know what Paddy's saying; he is pigeonholed as a as a bridle horse. But sometimes you can you can finish second and run a decent race. We're always trying to pick holes in it. You know he was beaten and he's this and he's that. I thought Hitman ran okay. Um, does he know it's a decent yardstick for Kim Bailey back in third place? Uh, I agree with Eldorado Dorado, Where do you go with him? But um, yeah, Zanza. Be interesting to see what they do. You wouldn't be mad to to, to back a match, Cheltenham we um, wouldn't be rushing to, to back him at Cheltenham. a couple of factors either hard race hard enough race I suppose yesterday or Saturday and his track form all his best form seems to come at Cheltenham. but um, look the handicapper's going to have a say as well after that he won off 143 yesterday beating Hitman who was rated 160 um, off level weights I think they were as well yesterday so theoretically he has to go up he'll have to go up a minimum of 6-7 pounds won't he and it's going to be very difficult um, to, to win at a track that's Obviously, he's not as good as Newbury, but um wouldn't be rushing to back him at, uh, at Cheltenham. But yeah, congratulations to Philip Hobbs. Um, huge achievement.
1: It's 11.55 on Monday, the 13th of February. And I say that because there's breaking news for us. But for you, listener, it's not breaking news. You're very much aware of this. But for Paddy, Barry and I, it is. And it's huge. There's always a big gun who falls before Cheltenham begins. There's always oh. high-profile non-runners and Alaho has been ruled out of the 2023 Cheltenham Festival. The defending Ryanair champion and dual winner of the race is out due to uh, an abnormal blood issue, is that right? An abnormal bleed. Abdominal bleed um, is is what William Mullins has announced. That's going to shake up the market, but Paddy, initial reaction to the fact that one of the bankers of the Cheltenham Festival is out?
2: Well, you say bankers, but... Obviously, there's been plenty of, of worry there that the fact that so many people are asking questions are the same question. Where is he? You know, what's, what's happening? I know I've seen Ruby pressed on several occasions as to, um, you know, where is this horse? But there was no real negative reports coming back. Uh, all, all, all we kept hearing is that he's training well. Um, and I mean, this isn't a physical ailment. It's obviously inside, Uh but that's disappointing. But I think the fact of the matter is Emmett, he won't be the first that'll drop by the wayside here. There's there's a lot of of ground to go over before the middle of March, isn't there? So he could be the first of several.
1: Yeah, they're not machines, and it is bizarre, but every year it happens. Big guns fall by the wayside. Which is why, if there's a, a race at Cheltenham that you're looking at right now, and, and there's an anti post price that appeals to you, and you're afraid of one horse. You really shouldn't be, because until they get there, you don't know how these things are going to play out. Uh, but one thing is pretty certain now, I would imagine, Barry. My champion chase bet on Blue Lord is bollocksed.
0: <laughs> yes, I can confirm your champion chase bet is that word you use. I don't curse, but I. Um, oh, not yeah. On, on, of course right on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the market's all over the place at the moment. There are four different anti-post favourites with four different firms, big firms. We go five to two. back here here, at the moment, he's favourite. Blue Lord, the aforementioned Blue Lord is now three to one second favourite. You can have Shishkin in there at fours. A lot will depend on what he will do at the weekend. And a couple of firms have conflated as favourite. We don't. He's a six to one. That's the biggest out there. But obviously... Uh, when the show goes out, it, the market will be settled. But at the moment, Fakir Darius is the 5-2 favorite, with Blue Lord next to trees and Shishkin at 4-1. to one. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Shishkin now does at the weekend. Ho-Onkaloor is in there, but he does need to be supplemented. He's currently a 6-1 to one chance.
1: Rixie was making the case for Shishkin for the Gold Cup and got a hurricane of abuse on Twitter for doing it. And he specifically said, I'm putting him up for the Gold Cup at 25-1 to one because he's non-runner no-bet. That's the price that you can get non-run no, or no bet. And he got a hurricane of abuse for it. And it, it made no sense to me. It's a perfectly legitimate bet to put up, particularly when you're guaranteed to get your money back. Uh, but that's pretty much dead now as well, because with Alaho out of the way, if Shishkin is able to overcome the bone issue that he had and is back to his old self at the weekend, you can be pretty certain this is the race that they're going to go for. Um, but then again, I'm not so sure he'll beat Pictori. And is Pictori 16s, Barry?
2: Pictori is,
0: no, 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 he's eight. He's eight, eight. to one. Um, yeah, for the Reiner. Hmm. Yeah, eight to one, yeah. There is a small bit of ten out there with some rival companies. We don't talk about them, but he is a general uh, General eight to one chance. Yeah.
1: Other companies are available if you're foolish enough to have a bet with them. Um And if you're having to yes. give over your DNA uh, analysis and your firstborn child, as well as your bank statements uh, and your photo ID, it, that market's a mess now. I wouldn't go near it because... Yeah, it is a
0: mess at the moment.
1: Yeah, that's going to need a little bit of time to resettle. Um, I had a feeling he was going to come out. Wasn't any insight. The fact that Willie didn't enter him for the Gold Cup, Willie enters horses from multiple races, and it was just the Ryanair, had me a little bit on edge, but anyway. It's a shame. It's a real shame, because he's such a talented racehorse, uh, and he would have been a huge, huge player. That race has suddenly opened up massively but if conflated goes for it i'd be shocked um right we move on uh, from zanza to the race that as we said Philipovs uh, has had i think 28 attempts to win the bet for hurdle and has come up short each time the closest he's gotten was rooster booster was agonizing beaten at a photo finish uh, the year he would be beaten by Hardy Eustace in the champion hurdle. Uh, but I can risk for Chris Gordon, who, as we were saying on Thursday show, Chris had had a tremendous record. I think off the top of my head, he had the fourth home the last two years, the third home in 2020, and the fifth home in 2019. Something insane like that. Uh, and now he's got the winner, with I can risk beating Filey Bay, who had been a monster gamble and maybe threw it away a little bit towards the end. Uh, Barry, what was the market reaction from BetDAC uh, on the day uh, and how impressed were you
0: with him? Um, He's no entries at the moment, so I don't know where he's going to go at Q risk. So we'll have to wait uh, a couple of days to see. Um, he's to going see next. Next. Grand annual, um, Barry. Oh, he's going to go on the grand annual. Okay, I'll get a price there for you in a second. Um, I genuinely think this horse hasn't got the credit he's deserved. When you look at his form, he's won six of his last nine starts, and a couple of defeats in there were by John Bond and Booth Hill. Booth Hill, oh, it's hard to know what the form is like. I thought Booth Hill ran well behind John Bond at Sandown. He won again since, but then he was beaten by Tommy's Oscar, which sort of, yeah, it sort of dampens the form a bit. But look, um, yeah, Watching this race live, um, I thought it was a really good, really impressive performance. The front two came an absolute mile clear between the the, the second last and last. and I thought that the, the runner-up, uh, Filey Bay, had the, the benefit of running up along the uh, along the rail, and that King Risk was sort of lost out in the zone. He's was hanging a small bit, but again, I must stress the distance the two horses pulled clear. Um, I think they were 11 or 12 lengths clear of the third horse, and when going to, uh, between the second last and the last, there was six or seven horses in there with a real good chance. Um, again, would I be rushing the back of my Cheltenham? Probably not. It's probably, I thought they had a hard race, the front two. They really did. Um, Cheltenham may come a bit too soon, but yeah, I think he's a horse. He's only a seven year old. I think he's, he's definitely one to keep on side. As I say, one six of his last nine and uh, his couple of defeats came in, in good company. So yeah. And the way the, the the front two quickened up, he was given the runner up as well, about five or six pound, I think so. I think Accu and Risk, yeah, for Chris Gordon, who, who wouldn't be known for having the top, top horses. I think he has a real good one on his hands here, and uh, he's definitely one to keep on site, as too was the runner-up, but the two of them had hard races, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, impressive performance, and as I stressed, the, the way they quickened up was, was really, was visually impressive to the eye.
1: Yeah, it, it was a tremendous performance. Clearly, Filey Bay was well in on a mark of 10-13, and I wouldn't give up on him. Um, we don't have handicap entries for Cheltenham yet, but... Horses who do well in the Bedford Hurdle tend to do quite well in the County Hurdle Coral Cup. It's it's a good guide for those races. Uh, I think Bedford Hurdle horses, even horses who've competed in it, have a tremendous record in the Coral Cup at the Cheltenham. That's off the top of my head. But I know a man who'll sort that out for us, Paul Ferguson, back in the Final Furlong podcast next week uh, for another Cheltenham special. But uh, this was tremendous. Uh, from It's a great story for Nick Schofield. Um, he said to battle back from brutal injuries... Uh, it's been a long time for him to get back and he's a class act in the saddle uh, and terrific for Chris Gordon as well, particularly with his son riding a winner uh, on the car too. Paddy, this was a really, really likable performance.
2: Yeah, a great day for Chris Gordon, wasn't it? And I mean, let's face it, I mean, I mean this was worth more than any of the handicaps he could be taking in at Cheltenham. Yep. So, you know, this was... Chris Gordon's them here, job done. And he's done a tremendous job because, you know, for a horse who's been mixing it up, jumping fences, you know, to drop him back to this grade over hurdles two mile, and he still jumped like a hurdler. Just a very, very talented horse. And great bit of placement by Chris Gordon because he said he could have ran him over fences, but he didn't want to to mess with his mark because the the long-term target with him was, was the grand annual. And he's just a very likable horse really doesn't shirk it in a battle. Um, I wonder what would have happened if the two had been closer together up the run in. I mean, they were on opposite sides of the track and the second is run an absolute cracker because he did make a couple of mistakes on his way around, which definitely wouldn't have helped, but he just wouldn't be as experienced or battle hardened as the winner risk, but he's a credit to Connections and when you look through, he was the only one of the first seven or eight home that carried over 11 stone, but I don't think it was a vintage renewal, I mean top rated was glory and fortunes, but not even about a 140 horse, something like that, so it wasn't a vintage renewal, but look it doesn't matter, To Connections won't be won't be thinking that, they've landed a real good prize here, and like you mentioned Emmett fantastic day with the trainer's son, also winning an all the way winner earlier on the card as well, annual Levicta. So, no, oh, cracking Day and Chris Gordon, he's really good for the sport because he's great crack. He's always very positive and he's well able to train a racer. So he, he seems an absolute top man. Yeah,
1: and his horses are in tremendous form as well. Six winners from 14 runners in the last two weeks and a 43% runners to form um, ratio with uh, the good folks at, at Racing Post. He's got a terrific record on flat tracks, but... He did run at the showcase meeting at Cheltenham And the open meeting in 2021 And ran really well there He was only beaten a length and a half In both of those races And he'll be in the 140s over hurdles now But he still has a mark of 139, 140 over fences So he could technically be well in By the time the Grand Annual rolls around
2: He's what one, he's 145 over fences
1: Which would be In and around the mark He'd get for, for mm. hurdles He'd
2: be 147 over hurdles on the back of that probably yeah, he won. He won that of one three eight the other day. Yeah,
1: so he'll go flying up. Filey Bay will go flying up as well, but uh, they won't be quite able to stop that fella in, in time. I think he'll be very, very interesting. Um,
0: ten to one, sorry, Emma. Ten to one. Thanks, Patty, for that for the uh, grand annual, which is fair.
1: Very fair. Very fair. If he hasn't
0: had too hard. If he comes out of it all right, it, it's a fair price.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I need to find out who he's going to be running against, but yeah, very fair for right, right now. Um, Willie Mullins has got more firepower for the Cheltenham Festival because, you know, he desperately needed it, particularly in the Novice Hurdle Division. Uh, Hunter's Yarn comes out and wins the listed race uh, yesterday at Navin on Sunday. Uh, beats Imagine quite comfortably by six lengths. I know the way you're thinking. Uh, stayed on really well to get third. HMS American Mike. Oh, dear. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Um, what was the market reaction for the Supreme, which apparently is the target for him? He'll go Supreme and his owner companion will go, Pass. will go Ballymore still. No, I'm not entirely certain. Maybe that'll turn around. But anyway, right now, that's the the thinking for the Willie Mullins camp. Uh, what price are bets at going about him for the Supreme?
0: Yeah, I think Willie's quote was, "I think he is possibly Supreme bound. And um, if he is, he can have sixteen to one. That's the best out there. He is as low as eight to one um, with some other fans. But it's good to see Willie has a live chance now in the Supreme with uh, Hunter's Yard because it was looking looking quite weak there. You know, fast in there, Ille Tomt, Imperial Pass. Um, this lad was beaten in his first two um, hurdles, wasn't it? And he won a couple of uh, bumpers in between. It was third time lucky there uh, yesterday. Very impressive um, display at Nace the last time, which earned him, earned him the, uh, the, the step up in class. But yeah, he was very good yesterday. Um, There's uh, some good yard six in behind there now, yesterday. So a bit of substance to the form. But the question you have to ask yourself is: the mine Cheltenham? Would he win a two-mile race around uh, Willie's yard? The answer is probably not. <laughs> that's, that's, how good, that's how good the opposition is. But um, look, the lads, they pay their money. To, they're entitled to take their chance there. Um, it's going to be very hard to see and beat the likes of Fassel, Vega, Vega, uh, Marine National, some of the other horses at the top of the, of the betting there. Like, um, yeah, It's a tough, tough ask. We sort of don't know what's under the bonnet yet, I suppose. there's um, Could be more to come. But look, when you say there could be more to come, there could be so much more to come from. From some of of the others, but uh look, he's won his last two starts well. The maiden hurdle at NACE wasn't the greatest of races. He did go off was a fourth on or five zone for that race. and um, that wasn't the most uh competitive race. But yesterday's race was, was a was a decent race. And as I as I mentioned, some good yardsticks in behind American Mike. What do you do with him now? He just doesn't look like the star we thought he might be last year. Um yeah, he's a little bit disappointing, but I like the way or not the way you're thinking seemed to get a bit outpaced. Before running on again at the finish, and um, imagine the other one for uh, for Gordon Elliott in there, he ran well. He's a couple of a couple of strong bits of place for him uh, behind them. But again, it's all tied in like likes so of I know the way you're thinking of that. Um, Willie said he works quite smartly at home. Would I be rushing to back him for the Supreme? No, I still have uh, Fasile Vega at the top of my list. But um, yeah, nice sort. But I still think to win the Supreme, he need to step up considerably on what he's shown so far.
1: Yeah, with all due respect to Marine Nationale for Barry Connell and Lucia for Nicky and uh, Noel Feely with Tamaris, It was getting dicey there that Willie was going to have the 1-2-3 in the Supreme. Real dicey, but now all of a sudden he's got Fasel Vega, Il Temp, Diverge, and Hunter's Yarn. So the 1-2-3 the is, is back on for him. Uh, I like this performance, uh, Patty. I, I liked it quite a lot, uh, actually. And I think he's a horse who's been coming through steadily. Um, he's completely agree with barry he wouldn't be in the fast vega uh mold of of that regard and it seems as though diverge is held in very high regard but he's now lined up in a listed race and won it very comfortably
2: no he did um his hurdling technique is is ordinary enough i think it's fair to say i think he, he'll make a far better shape and, and far more effort at a fence and i would definitely think that's where connections are are looking towards. But, you know, his low mileage, is, his strike rate is pretty good. I mean, sometimes you get these races, though, although we didn't have many in here, when the rivals that they're up against are looking at options further down the line, I think is probably the best way to put it, the third horse, especially I was a real eye-catcher yesterday. But, you know, he could do no more than win the winner, but I'd, I'd imagine that Willie will have stronger stronger bullets to, to fire going to Cheltenham. But yeah, he would definitely be one, I would say, for the long finger for, for jumping fences next year.
0: Yeah. Just, the, just to mention Emmett, sorry, what Patty mentioned there, the tort horse, another way of are thinking, um he's seeing a good bit of money for the Martin Pipe now with ten to one. So yeah, he could be one to, to, to keep in mind for that.
1: Well he'll definitely improve for the step up and trip, the switch to handicaps and the application of cash.
0: Yeah, he's still only a five-year-old, so he could be wanted to, to take note of um, mm. in that race.
1: But for all the fact that he's gone 10-to-1 for the Martin Pipe, I'd be much more interested in Imagine. And I was delighted with that, because after my de temp county hurdle project fell to pieces. Thanks, Paul. Um, after after uh, the race being run at a million miles an hour and Danny manages to come through and win. So supreme bound he is. Uh, I think Imagine is tailor-made for the Martin Pipe it's a race that Gordon loves to target it's an important race for him to win given his connection to Martin and i i like the way he did that i like the way he he's stuck on really well for that performance and i've i've had a feeling in my mind for quite a while now that the Martin Pipe has been a target for for this fella so what price is imagined
0: for the Martin Pipe He's not listed. He's not listed with us, and I'm just trying to find. I don't think he's listed with any anybody at the moment. Give me mean, one second. I can't see him. Someone's some.
1: I can tell you he is because I've backed him.
0: Okay. Okay. I see it there now. 14 to one. 14 to one. That's
1: fair. I'd rather. That ten- is
0: fair. It is fair. Yeah. 14s with us, and you can have tens on uh, another way or team But uh, yeah, I just say improvement for the application to cash that five-year-old. Yeah, I know the way you're thinking would probably be the one for me now. Yeah, you can um, have
1: you can have him. I'll take imagine all day long, um, and and I think. if we're struggling to race. get out at
0: that stage, we're in trouble, aren't
1: we? Oh dear God! Well, that'll be the second last race. Yeah, last ten are left, and and then it's once imagine gets the job done, I'll send you a WhatsApp slagging you, and then lump it all on Allegor Devassy, and hope she doesn't jump out to her right. Uh, let's go. The get out of jail free stakes, um, Paddy. What do you do with American Mike? Was it was this just a case of it's too short and the ground wasn't suitable for him, or is he a boat?
2: Uh, it was a little bit better, wasn't it? Um You probably just can't say any more than that. He's probably been one of the disappointments of the season, hasn't he? Mm. You know, we're so yeah. excited about this horse last year, and yeah, it just hasn't happened for him. On but. He has shown that the engine is there. I, I, would, I don't like to categorize flat and jumping horses together. You know, we associated the term with flat horses, how they don't train on. I don't really have that uh, theory with jumpers. Maybe, like I mentioned about Willie's horse a minute ago, this fella could get back on track next year, maybe jumping a fence. But for now, without absolutely falling off the radar... He has been below par there's no doubt that was a little bit better the other day but I don't really know how much I'd hang my hat on 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 Navin been um a real sort of te- telltale about this horse but probably wouldn't wouldn't totally write off the fact that he could maybe get things right back on track once they go jumping fences with him next year I
0: can't see him down to gentleman i said I could be here for the year paddy would you agree
2: yeah, you'd imagine maybe they might try and stay at home, and see maybe if they could just try and finish off the season as as strong as they possibly could, and you know just sort of and um, and then and then an pull stumps at them. And uh, I think they've they've already maybe written off this season as far as this yeah. fellow climbing the rankings, hurdling wise. But um, yeah, probably one of the the biggest disappointments because he was a massive talking horse, wasn't he after? after what we've seen of him last year. And, yeah, look, it just hasn't happened for him this time round. But I I wouldn't just scratch him totally off the the list just yet um, as far as being a a very good one until until we see him maybe jump a fence.
1: I wonder, will he still be part of Gordon's team? I'm not sure they will scrap him for the season. Uh, I think if he goes to Cheltenham, it'll be the potato race. They'll go for the three-miler because he just doesn't seem to be fast enough for the others. And I wouldn't completely rule him out, but a question for both of you. And I'm not slagging the horse at all, but is there any racehorse that Fassel Vega beat in a bumper last year that you would be prepared to back in a Grade One at Cheltenham, Barry?
0: Um, well, I certainly wouldn't be back in. Um, I wouldn't be back in American Mike. American Malawari turned up, um, uh, but as regards. And he horse the fast, at Side of Vega Beast In a grade one Was that a grade one At uh, Leopardstown When he beat uh, L.A. Tomp Yeah it was probably No I'm, I'm talking about I'm ride. talking about his bumper or From the bumper From the bumper last year Oh That bumper If I remember correctly That, that bumper was close to being called off Was that that race? Yes where there
1: was Yes Because the ground water all road, yeah.
0: over the Yeah So when you look back at it um, look Again Hindsight's a great thing But No I wouldn't There was yeah. nothing there But that, that race was a uh, that was a bit of a mess, wasn't it? I know the favourite I met mean, one and the second favourite was second, so you can think, look, <laughs> the form is there, but if I remember correctly, there was, it was water all over the place and it was yeah, it was very close to being called off that race,
1: wasn't it? I'll extend it even further. Paddy, you can take any horse he beat in any bumper, DRF, Punchestown. Is there any bumper horse that Fassel Vega beat last year that you would back in a grade one at Cheltenham this year?
2: I think it's fair to say there's not. The, the, one, the one horse, but he, he won't be at Cheltenham this year, and we can't really put a, an X against his name, is St. James Gates, who finished behind him in last year's Cheltenham bumper because he, he, he injured himself. Apparently, they think he's very good, but we've not seen him this year. But I thought for a while that this Cheltenham bumper form of last year was really going to start getting a bit of momentum because there was horses that were finishing well down the field were starting to pop up, but they were all popping up at early season before all the, the Saturday horses really were starting to come out. And I thought, oh, this Fassa Vega, Cheltenham bumper form is going to be absolutely whopping sort of come Christmas time. And yeah, it's, it's really tapered off, unfortunately. And obviously, St. James Gate, He's he's we've not seen him. And so we've lacked a real good one. Yeah, certainly, certainly out of, uh, you know, from Cheltenham.
1: St. James's Gate is certainly a horse who's held in very high regard and I'm intrigued to see what he does. Uh, but the reason I bring this up, and I'm not this is not me now going on that I'm going to slag off Fasal Vega camp. I'm still of the view that, or at least I was, that Fassal Vega is still a big player for the Supreme and that going out to six to one was a massive overreaction. However, the more I think about him, Sir Gerard beat Kilkrut, which you know Kilkrut didn't do a whole lot over hurdles, but three stripe life, God rest him, was was terrific. Um, L.A. Bell uh, Grange stepped forward for Jess Stafford um, Fernie Hollow beat Appreciated Queensbrook, third time Lucky they all went on to win races afterwards Envoy LN beat Blue Sari Time Hill, Abracadabra you know, those races had a bit of substance to them. there's no substance to that champion bumper last year and there's no substance to the DRF or to Punchestown so was Fasal Vega just the best of a really bad lot last year Something to consider going forward. Just think about it because it was don't definitely have
0: to put me in bad form. <laughs> you really are because I was really sweet on Fast Side of Vega, and now I'm listening to you, and you're making sense. <laughs> oh,
1: we see. This is the what thing. We do? I I was prepared to pull the trigger on him at sixes, and I didn't. And even the seven i I'm I'm been looking at and going, do you know what? This is too big. And Ruby did a brilliant time comparison with Lydia on Road to Cheltenham. He put up the three two-mile hurdles at Leopardstown, the Irish champion hurdle, the handicap, the very valuable handicap, the old Pierce hurdle uh, that Gaelic Warrior won, and Fasal Vega. And the really fascinating thing about that is obviously Stateman would finish in front of him. But if you compare Gaelic Warrior and Fasal Vega, Fasal Vega crosses the line before Gaelic Warrior.
2: Mm. Yeah. Which, yeah, that was incredible. That, that's
1: amazing. That That's really, really mm. interesting. So I, I'm not saying Fasal Vega is now useless and he can't win, but there's, a, there's an attitude problem starting to creep into him. Jane Mangan did a great piece with him for RTE in the parade ring, and he was getting really fractious beforehand, which he could get on his toes, but he wasn't doing it as bad as he is now last season as a bumper horse. And he frightened everything off. He scared everything off for his maiden. He scared everything off for the future champions. And it was definitely Paul Townend's fault, himself and Slevin. I don't know what the hell they were thinking uh, going off the pace they did. But now that they did that and you start to look back at what he's achieved, I'm not as sure as I once was about him. So you can you can tell, Barry, that I'm doing the deep dive in Paul Ferguson's work about looking at the trends and doing a proper deep dive for the Cheltenham novice hurdles. And the more I look at it, the more I'm just a little bit wary. But I'm not saying he's not going to win and that he's now a bad horse. I'm just saying it's something to bear in mind. Uh, Churchstone Warrior um, has been cut for the National Hunt Chase pretty considerably, I would imagine, because that was a really good performance under Aidan Coleman in the 10-up novice chase. Uh, what is the current price about him for the amateur riders race at the Cheltenham Festival, Barry?
0: He is now best price ten to one. Um, that's that's with us. Um, that's probably that's as good as there is out there. To be honest with you, that's
1: industry best um, price.
0: Yeah, that was a good performance um, for me uh, yesterday. Faced a couple of strong challenges there late on in that race, and if you were looking at his form, he was starting to become a little bit iffy, wasn't he? He had plenty of uh, plenty of second place finishes in there, and if he was going to throw in the towel, you were thinking. Maybe he could have done it there yesterday when with a, with a couple of horses came to him. But look, um, he battled on strongly to win, didn't he? A good ride by uh, by Aiden Coleman. Um, yeah, I say 10 to 1 for that race. couple of horses to take out of that. Okay, the second horse ran well, uh, the favourite in the race for John McConnell. But the horse back in third place for Noel Mead, considering they were a long, long way clear of the fourth, a horse called Flanking Maneuver, who hadn't ran for 760 days. It's a whopping layoff. Yeah, a huge training performance. Um, he had some half decent form, I suppose. Going back, he won a maiden hurdle, he won a bumper, um, and then they tried him in a Grade One. He was beaten ten lengths behind Bob Ollinger. That was January twenty twenty one, and that was his last. Uh, that was his last start. So to run so well, um, he travelled the best. He, he travelled really well into the race. I think it was coming towards after three out and heading down towards two out. He really caught the eye, and um, so he's one to bear in mind. Not sure where he's going to go after that probably a bit tough to go to Cheltenham after back off the back of a seven hundred and sixty day absence and go straight to uh, straight to Cheltenham. But um yeah maybe he's one definitely to keep on side. But look in fairness to the winner um he's some strong form in the book. I know when you look at it straight away and you see his last four runs second, 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 you know what we're all thinking in other way he could be he could be a bit dodgy but if he was any way dodgy there yesterday he could have given give it up and he didn't. Uh, he's in good form when you look back through it he's second behind the Devils coach, Coachman, not beaten that far at Galway the goffer who's improved since and then he was second behind Gallard and Manil albeit well beaten at Leopardstown over Christmas but um, yeah that was a good performance yesterday carrying eleven stone three and um, yeah it looks like all roads lead to the National Hunt chasing on the Tuesday with him at, at about a 10-1 to one shot
1: Yeah and look he's going to have a 7.5 length gap to make up on Gerard and Manil, that's his target and I don't really know how he does that but the dose of seconditis is over it was a really likeable performance
2: and he'll go there as a big player Paddy I think there's plenty of doubt about him going though isn't there um, I definitely thought listen to Aiden Coleman afterwards and even Jonathan Sweeney's quotes I think they're a little bit lukewarm on, on the idea of Cheltenham I think they, they definitely look at this horse as a, a national horse in time, um, see, obviously, he's, he's he's quoted up or he's priced up, should I say, accordingly for the national chase. And he looks the ideal type for that, but I think maybe um, connections think he might still be a little bit maybe inexperienced for something like that. But he got things right back on track here. Both him and and Mahler Mission are horses in real and Churchill Murray, he came here in pretty good nick himself, but just struggling to get his head in front. Mahler Mission ran his race, and yeah, Frankie Maneuver it was good to see Noel Mead had, had a couple of well on the card yesterday and they were an absolute mile clear of frontal assault. Um, but, yeah, I'd be, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see the boys maybe swerve Cheltenham and, and, and see what their options are maybe maybe back at home.
1: Yeah, I wonder if they missed a trick by not entering him for the Grand National this year. But they can still go for the Irish Grand National which is worth an absolute fortune. Um, Gaird de Manil is in there and he's a proper Grand National type. And I, Quite fancy him for entry this year. Uh, just on entry before we come to our last race, what did you make of the entries for the Grand National? Only eighty-five, and is it twenty-eight percent of them are British-trained? That's pretty dire, Paddy.
2: Yeah, and you know what? It was something that completely passed me by. Uh, but when I seen the numbers the other day, I was really taken back, and there's no doubt it's worrying. But you know, it just seems to be that there'll be certain trainers and some of the big trainers certainly over this side of the water, Emmett, and you just do not associate them with that race anymore. Mm. Like, I mean, if you, like, say Paul Nichols in the Grand Nationals, like oil and water, isn't it? Just, they, they don't, it's not a target.
1: Yeah, it's, a it's long, not a target. It's a long time since Daryl won the race for him.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and you, but you just don't hear, you know, off, off the back of of, of horses' performances or efforts, you just don't even hear that word coming out of his mouth. You know, it's not a target. It, it, yeah, it's another race in the calendar. Obviously, it's a big pop, but it's not a target. Whereas, it's a target, a much bigger target for plenty of other outfits. But yeah, that was a worrying number. And but, plenty of the UK trainers have sort of jumped to their own defence and say, "Well, of course, you know, it's 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 a big race. We, we want to win it." But. It's just all about having the, the, the right horse at the right time. and Yeah, maybe it's just a bit of a coincidence that that's the way the, the numbers have fallen this year round and, and we're light, our end. Um, yeah, I was worrying. Yeah, but quite surprising.
1: In the top 20 in the betting, British trained horses, they, there's only five and at least one of those isn't qualified and I don't think will be. I will do it, is not qualified for the race, which is crazy, considering he's a Welsh Grand National winner and a Warwick Classic Chase winner. And yet, no, he hasn't had enough runs, so he can't run. Um, and Sam Thomas doesn't seem to be inclined to want to run him again to just to get him qualified for it. So that's a shame. So he's gone. I think Nick Luck said the other day that there's another two in this race from Britain who are not qualified either. So that reduces the numbers even further. And you're right. The more you say that, the more I think about how many of the top british trainers are saying directly after a race yeah we can't wait to run him in the grand national like they would have 10 years ago and is that is that a symptom of phil smith and i'm sure he was doing it with the best will in the world but tweaking the grand national to change it from a high class handicap into a compressed handicap and essentially turning it attempting to turn it into a second gold cup
0: Yeah, it's, it's not the race it used to be. It, it's certainly not um, the race it used to be. And and I'm scrolling through the entries here now and I have the top 80 or so on the bedding up. And you're looking at it going, like every every second horse is not going to go. You know that And it's yeah. you, you can remember years ago, horses like praying to get in as a reserve, forty, 40 or 44th, praying to get in as a reserve. I don't think we're going to have this, this this year. And if we do, we'll have... Um, we can't really say lower class ho- or quality of horses but there's yeah, there's some in here that that, that just aren't going to go or if they do go there they're going to really struggle with it. Um, well, it's, it's still going to be a high class renewal but they're all yeah, Irish trained. It, it, yeah, if they are all Irish trained I and mean, just one that jumps out at me there is Monkfish. He's supposed to be a giant of horse, isn't he? Yeah, he's a monster. He's a monster. But where a is he? And, uh, yeah, that's very true. Oh, I've seen a picture of him the other day so he's still alive and kicking anyway. <laughs> um, I've seen a picture of him that that's good enough evidence to come out where he's played We've seen a picture. Uh, you'd want somebody standing behind them in today's newspaper though, wouldn't you? It's like an of IRA kidnap plot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's still alive. He's still alive. Proof of life yeah. with time and, and dates. <laughs> but, um, yeah, look, just some high-class horses in it up the, the top of the handicap and obviously Noble Yates, he's going to go for the Gold Cup but, um yeah, it's not the race. It was the the Grand National, and I think, as Paddy said, maybe it's an afterthought for most most people. And see how the season goes, and if it doesn't go with the plan, or look, we might go with the we might go with the Grand National.
1: So strange. Uh, when the weights come out, we'll do our annual Grand National anti post special. But uh, hold your thoughts for now. Uh, last race, we'll talk about. We we could throw in Theatre Glory, who I like an awful lot, but um she didn't have a whole lot to beat once. And Voiland came out. Uh, Billaway, Struggled, but at least he will be able to go to Cheltenham on the back of a win to defend his crown. But the one I'm interested to talk to you about, lads, uh, to wrap things up is Firefox, um, who was a monster gamble. Um, I think he was nearly three to one in the morning. He's gone off 11 to eight and he's held in pretty high regard. And now we know why. Uh, Barry, this was really impressive for the Codfather and, and Gordon.
0: Yeah, he was very impressive. Um, I didn't know too much about him going into the uh, going into the race there yesterday, but uh, he looked to in a wouldn't say in a small bit of trouble, but it looked as though he was going to um, kind of have a, a right battle with Mint Boy all the way up the home straight. Gunnar Yates was there behind him as well, but um, just like we were talking about, acting risk earlier on, the last four long was very very impressive for this fella. He really did uh, quick and clear. Um, see, I think Gordon was down at the sort of at the four long pole. He was giving him a bit of. A, the eye, eye, eye. you could see him, he was he was quite happy with him, I think it was Gordon anyway, you could see him on TV but um, look, I don't know what he cost, I can imagine he's cost a few quid and um, look, they haven't had an awful lot of luck have they, Uh have stood the morons for some of the money they've put down, American Mike has been uh, has been, what to say a slight disappointment, he's been a huge disappointment <laughs> so yeah, uh, this lad he was beaten in two bumpers but he was well backed in those two as well, he went off favour, that's the third time now he's went off favour so he's obviously Obviously pleasing at home, but um, yeah the the winner was or the the horse and turds was quite well backed with us as well. The Gunner Yates was some good money for him, and um, Mint Boy as well. He wasn't so well backed, Um but yeah, there was good money for the Gunner Yates, which is interesting for Willie Mullins. But uh, a very impressive winner, for Firefox. Uh, his the last four long was very impressive for me, and yeah, it's good to see the Morans. They put an awful lot of money into the into the game, a uh, hell of a lot of money, and so. He looks a, a promising sort. As the uh, I'll mention a horse again that we, we spoke about on the show, uh founder fifty, who won a fairly house um at the start of the month, I think it was. So um, he's a nice horse as well. So hopefully they have a couple of nice ones towards the end of this season and looking forward to next season. But yeah, Firefox, very impressive yesterday.
1: John Kennedy, no relation of Abbey League Stud, he bred the Gunner Yates. Um and I think he sold them for eight grand. Tom Keating then buys him for $29,000. And Harold Kirk, on behalf of William Mullins, forked out 310,000 sovereigns for him. Uh, as, as for the winner, you're asking how much he cost. 280,000 euro. For nothing. Ah, sure, it's pittance. effective uh, stud, pay an absolute fortune for these horses. But they've got a right one here, Paddy.
2: Oh, without a doubt. Um, I remember this horse, he actually made his debut over hurdles, and Jack Hendy dropped him right out. You know yourself. There was 122 runners in them maiden hurdles. <laughs> he, dropped, he dropped him right out, and he was a proper, proper eye-catcher. But he was just too awkward, and he didn't, he didn't hurdle as well as you would have liked. But he was a real eye-catcher. And then his next run, they ran him in a bumper at Nace in December. And him and a horse of Willie Mullins is called Lachlan. They got into a right eyeball. From the bottom of the straight at Nace, and now he got beat by three quarters or Lent. but they had a right set to that day. They were 26 lengths clear of the third. Now, Lock has not been seen since.
1: He, he that was, was I, do, I do remember he was entered for the future champions, though,
2: just to say, was he? Mm. Um, but it would just tell you that obviously they left plenty on the track there because this was the first time we've seen him yesterday. Um so he's obviously a fair horse but that race will have left his mark and so the, and obviously Lockleen is a fair horse but yeah he he wasn't missed in the market yesterday and even for a few strides he looked a bit flat-footed but just climbing that hill and the closer he got to the line he was he was clear right away but he was interviewed earlier in the day wasn't he Elliot and you know he definitely you, you can always tell by his tone can't you when when they, they really like one and definitely this fella in the bumper was going to take a bit of stopping yesterday
1: when I say future champions by the way I mean future stars the race that a dream to share won at the Dublin Racing Festival who is now in new ownership I hope Brian Gleeson got paid an absolute fortune uh, because JP McManus will have his his silks partnered by that horse in the champion bumper um, back to Firefox though I loved it uh, and I know he's a horse that was held in, in quite high regard uh, at the beginning of the season and it must have been frustrating to see him struggle uh to see him get beaten in his in his hurdles de- debut and then get turned over by yet another willie mullen superstar but he was very prominent in the betting in those races but they got all the money back uh, in that race and whatever they decide to do with him for the rest of the season i don't know but for for next year he's going to be a serious hurdling prospect Um, and and should be in everybody's tracker and everybody's mind for next year. Uh, Who was your standout performance from the weekend with a view to Cheltenham or beyond Paddy Aspel?
2: Um, We spoke about him right at the top of the show, didn't we? And I honestly just think, I know Nicky gets plenty of stick, doesn't he, about, about dodging bullets, but... I think the campaign that John Bond has had and the tracks he's been around d- demanding jump, jump, jumping and test wise. I think John Bond's just got a lovely profile going into the article now. And the fact that he did have to get a push and a shove, it just gives people a little bit more value if they're wanting to go in at him now, uh, because, uh, you know, he was, he was, he was pushed out, wasn't he? after? the back of that at the weekend but I wouldn't be one bit concerned and if you were to ask me which one I'd want to write I would definitely be him because I think he's learned enough along the way but we've not dipped the tank too deep you know you're setting this horse up for one day and so as far as campaigns go I think he's had the best prep
1: I would agree all that I am still very much splinters up my backside because I haven't chosen between him and El Fabiolo but if you liked him beforehand you're loving life you're now getting 7-4 to four when you should be getting odds on. Uh Barry who's your takeout performer from the weekend with a view to Cheltenham?
0: Yeah I, I I'd agree with Paddy I wouldn't be deserting um, John Bond but as regards for a, a winner at Cheltenham I think uh, Lucia has to be the one to go into notebooks I think it's highly likely she's going to go to the mayors. we all know, people just want winners at Cheltenham. And I, I can't see them going to the Supreme. But the fact that they're considering going to the Supreme, and the Supreme looks a really, really hot renewal this year. It really does. So the fact that they're even considering that um, tells me that she's out, she's well above, uh, well above average. And at around about seven to four now at this stage for the mayors. I know you're taking a chance that she might not go. But uh, I really can't see her going for the Supreme. like, Put yourself in the shoes of an owner you're going to Chetland would you rather be 10 to 1 shot in the supreme and have an outside chance or be a really really solid chance of winning the mayor's novice hurdle so as regards a winner for Chetland, uh Lucia I still think that the horse of Chris Gordon's uh, acu risk was very good I thought he quickened up very well from the last um, I thought he had a hard enough race but I think he's a horse that hasn't got the credit he deserves but yeah for a winner to go into the Cheltenham portfolio it will be uh, Lucia in the mayor's novice hurdle limit.
1: I agree but I'll go supreme as my true colors about Fasa Vega come out. I don't hate Fasal Vega. I still think that horse is a serious player. But the more I do my deep dive into the novice Hurdle form for the Cheltenham races, the more I go, uh-oh. Um, I'll give a good mention to Walking on Air, who's a horse that uh, Mark Milligan and I have talked about a number of times. And it hasn't exactly gone our way so far this season. but a great opportunity for him to get into the winner's enclosure in the pretense qualifier, and he took it. Um, And given his pedigree, the fact that he's out of refinement by walk in the park, refinement has to be one of the most unlucky horses Cheltenham has ever seen. She was beaten in the champion bumper when Barry Geraghty rode her by Total Enjoyment, who was a massive gamble on the day, but ran really, really well. A year later, she comes back for the champion bumper with Kieran Fallon on board, and if you go back to that, Kieran Fallon holds his hands up and said he messed it up and that she should have won, uh, beaten by Miss That. Uh, she ran in a novice hurdle, I think it might have been the Ballymore, and was a little bit unlucky but ran well, but the most unlucky was the first ever running of the mare's hurdle where I think McCoy had a back spasm in the final strides because he effectively stops riding and she gets nailed by White Oak so while she didn't manage to win there on the track, she might very well throw up a horse who will um, in, in walking on air and it would be very fitting if that was to transpire uh, what mark you will get in terms of the protomps, I don't know but um, definitely want to, to keep in mind, although you can be pretty certain there'll be a few Irish horses that are well set up for that. Uh, that's it, we are back during the week, we'll have another podcast special and weekend preview, Mark Milligan and Hannah will be here as we uh, preview the best bets for the weekend as well Barry will be back with me on Monday, Monday I say, uh, in the company of Dennis O'Regan as we review the weekend's action and uh, Paddy you're back with us very soon as well and we've got some Cheltenham specials coming up Paddy normally we talk about this stuff off air and planned days that we're going to be booking various different guests for but put you on notice huge few Cheltenham specials coming up uh, so we'll be booking you for those looking forward to it Hattie thanks for your insight today Smashing thanks
0: boys Barry top stuff as always yeah pleasure as always lads thank you very much
1: and thank you for listening hope you've enjoyed it hopefully we've put you in the right frame of mind and given you the right steer uh, for many of the big races at the Cheltenham Festival uh, it was a cracking weekends racing lots of clues and lots more clues to come and lots more waffle as well on the final furlong podcast be safe be well we'll talk to you soon. God bless.
0: the final furlong podcast is proudly brought to you by betdac get zero percent commission on all sports for a hundred days when you join betdaq.com. new customers only terms and conditions apply and by all about sunday the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only 18 pounds 99 per month visit allaboutsunday.com to get involved today